Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, February 22nd, 2019. And on today's report, I will be talking about what it means to be a victim and the fact that being a victim is apparently so desirable, so advantageous that hardly a day goes by we don't have another victim on the national scene. In the Oxford English Dictionary, the word victim is defined as, quote, a person killed or tortured by another, a person subjected to cruelty, oppression, or other harsh or unfair treatment or suffering, death, injury, ruin, etc., as a result of an event, circumstance, or oppressive or adverse impersonal agency, a person who has taken advantage of a dupe, end quote. That's a pretty terrible definition, isn't it? One wonders then why so many people pursue victimhood with such vigor. Sometimes people even seek to become part of a group to which they do not belong, but is traditionally and historically thought of as an oppressed or victimized group, I suppose. The reason could be to gain sympathy for their cause or to confirm a false narrative which they want desperately to be true. And having no real examples, they must invent one. Recently, a group of Catholic school kids from Covington, Kentucky, in Washington, D.C., for a pro-life rally, were accused of making a victim out of a Native American named Nathan Phillips, but just a simple review of available video proved conclusively that they were the victims instead of Mr. Phillips. Every news service in the United States had continual coverage when the story of Native American as victim fit their political narrative, but when it no longer did, they dropped the story like a hot potato. Nick Sandman, the young man most commonly identified by the media as the villain in the Catholic school kids story, has filed a $250 million lawsuit against the New York Times, and other media defendants for defamation. The defendants may have trouble with this case. They may have trouble defending this lawsuit because Mr. Sandman is not a public figure that they are free to defame without regard to how much damage they may cause. If he were a public figure, he would have to prove that the story was false. The Times knew it was false. They published it with the malicious intent to defame, but he is not a public figure, just a teenage kid, so proof of actual malice is unnecessary. I hope he prevails in his lawsuit, since that would send a message that perhaps they should at least review the video before they defame someone. It's almost as if we have the hate hoax du jour, and today's hate hoax is still the Jesse Smollett fake news face fake racist attack story, it seems, that Mr. Smollett, a gay black star on Fox TV's show Empire, alleged that he was going out for a Subway sandwich at 2 a.m. during a polar vortex in Chicago, sub-zero temperatures, when he was attacked by horrible racists shouting, quote, this is MAGA country. These racists recognized him, you see. For although they are horrible, homophobic racists, they do watch a gay black TV show and recognize its stars at 2 in the morning in sub-zero Chicago temperatures. Such people seem to congregate in upscale black neighborhoods of Chicago, especially at 2 a.m. These racists threw bleach on him, knocked him down, 
screamed homophobic and racist slurs at him, and put a noose around his neck. Turns out that Mr. Smollett concocted the whole story with the aid of two Nigerian men, one of whom is actually on his show. The other is his personal trainer. According to the Chicago Police Department, Mr. Smollett apparently paid the two men $3,500 and a promise of $500 more to help him stage the attack. It would probably have worked, too, if he hadn't picked a surveillance video camera that was pointed in the wrong direction. Once again, every news service in the country, if not the world, carried the story front page every day. Once the story became just another hate hoax, however, it's, oops, story, please, go away. Go away quickly. The story didn't go away, however, because leading politicians, such as Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Cory Booker rushed to endorse Jesse Smollett as victim de jour. Mr. Smollett, unfortunately for him, went to the police and kept promoting the same account. Unlike politicians, many of whom are announced presidential candidates, the police are used to the possibility that people sometimes lie to them. They decided to actually conduct a real investigation. Now Mr. Smollett has been charged with a felony for fabricating the whole thing. The Chicago police say that Mr. Smollett staged this incident by paying two Nigerian men $3,500 and a promise of $500 more upon completion for their assistance. He was not satisfied with his salary, they say, and so staged the incident to increase his market value. His salary was reportedly... $65,000 per episode or $1.8 million for the year. So it is true that the Chicago Police Department says it's true. Then he stoked racial hatred and anger in an already troubled city for the possibility of more money. Should Jesse Smollett be prosecuted for the hate hoax he perpetuated? If the answer is yes, then he is not the only guilty one. He undoubtedly hoped to somehow achieve financial gain or advance his acting career by portraying himself as a victim. But lawmakers, journalists, and celebrities were his accomplices, allowing themselves to be duped, giving legitimacy to his lies by their celebrity status. Police and other resources were devoted away from protecting the citizens of Chicago from violent crime to investigating this false story, this fake crime, this hate hoax, is worthy of note, however. It's worthy of our attention because crimes of this nature do a lot of things besides using up society's resources. They increase societal distrust. They spread lies, inflame racial tensions, as well as other tensions that may already exist in the community or country, I suspect, that the inflaming of tensions is one of the real reasons for fabricating racial attacks. Fabricating crimes, however, make people doubt that such things actually exist. They hide the real thing so that the entire impact of any such crime, when it does exist, is lessened. The elites of Hollywood, the political elites, who have power and want more power, Bought what Jesse Smollett was selling, hook, line, and sinker. The elite seemed to be the same in whatever walk of life you happen to find them. For as Gerald Salente said with Trends Research Journal, politics is just 
Hollywood for ugly people, he said. The Senate has now acted to put a stop to what doesn't exist except in elite fantasy. That is lynching, yes. Yes, the U.S. Senate just passed an anti-lynching bill, as if that still exists. Still needs Senate action to people such as those seeking the Democrat nomination for president, along with their Hollywood friends and friends in the media. Mr. Smollett's story made perfect sense. They immediately believed it. To those of us who actually live here in flyover country, it was complete nonsense from the very beginning. It seems that the people who fabricate these stories about how horrible and racist America is have never lived among real Americans. Apparently, they spend a lot of time watching their own movies. When I first heard the story, it made about as much sense to me as if Mr. Smollett had said that he decided to go out in Sub-Zero Chicago for a Subway sandwich and was kidnapped by space aliens, but somehow made it home still clutching his Subway sandwich. In other words, people such as the fantasy ones Mr. Smollett described exist only on Hollywood films and are a product of their demented minds. The frenzy that is occurring in our country right now, whereby even history has to be Examined constantly for possible examples of racism as a product of a poison culture. We have poisoned the culture our children must live in and concocted for them a world inhabited by horrible, mega-screaming races similar to the monsters people used to scare their kids with. The academic world has declared war on America, war on Western civilization, and the one thing they teach our children above all else is how to hate each other. They learned to hate Western civilization. They learned to hate America and the greatest accomplishments of our greatest people. Ultimately, they learned to hate one another for reasons that may not be made clear to them, but hatred and disunity go hand in hand. Finally, folks, we as a people should resist the urge to give a free pass to lies just because they happen to fit our political agenda. If we are able to hold the truth instead of just politics, and start teaching and viewing each other as individuals, instead of as members of a chosen or hated group, then maybe we at least have a chance of getting through this. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.